Pencil Culture Puppets Props Puns Podcasts very much for tuning into cancel culture i am john cancel as my partner here the legendary wid he's been on tv and he's been seen at cvs <laughs> uh and this is another uh, edition of our super show and today uh i want to ask wid real quick uh, wid how are you doing I'm doing pretty good. I'm uh, dressed up uh, once again. I have uh, I want my favorite hat on. Yeah, what's, what's the deal with that hat? Well, when you were uh, only ahead in the beginning of the show, okay, and uh, you were floating around, I thought, what could John do for a, a living? And I thought, well, he's only ahead. He could model hats. So uh, I bought my favorite hat here. It's uh, from... Uh, 1976 it's the bicentennial hat and it has a picture of the thing and that was on beer cans okay and right over here and this and it was knitted together red white and blue okay a beautiful uh souvenir of, uh, mm-hmm. of the bicentennial and my grandmother helped me with this did she yeah well she drank the beer and emptied the and i uh, i knitted it so uh, i think that it's uh, sort of a family heirloom that, the, that's like something worth like a mungo jerry concert in 1973 i, I mean well that's uh, dating itself it was uh, the 70s that was back there they had ties like this oh that's okay? a nice tie this is from uh, you know this is from 1814 this tie I, uh, can i show it to uh, to the world out there it is actually uh, y- you know Let's get that uh, beautiful tie there. You know, I have, uh, you know, I have many ties. Uh, I know, right over there. I, no, yeah, I have so many ties. Ask me how many ties. How many ties do you have? I got ties up to here. Okay. <laughs> Take a bow. Right over there. Right, uh, this is the Star Spangled Banner, and it has the Fort McHenry on it, and it, it is the more, most morbid sort of tie that you've ever want to see. It just shows the battle plan and uh, when we wrote the Star Spangled Banner. I didn't write it. That was the Fra- Francis Scott Key. And uh, the person who killed it was Roseanne Barr. Remember Roseanne Barr at the uh, ball game singing the uh, Star Spangled Banner? Yes, I did. Uh, she was no Whitney Houston. You with me? She's like Dom DeLuise with a vagina. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, like Dom DeLuise ever saw one. But, uh, you know, but ladies and gentlemen, I am going to say this. This has been, uh, you know, this has been a great week for me. I found a, a lot of different cultural items that uh, I am going to uh, bring up in the in the show, but uh, I didn't. Uh, I you didn't know I was an art lover, did you? Well, you are an art lover. I was, I'm an art lover. I I I'm, I patronize artists. Okay, such as such. Well, this is one that I picked up this weekend, John. Uh, this is. Uh, this is the original, okay, this is the, uh, right there, it's the original statement of, you know, of woman's liberation, right here. When they oh. can stand at the urinal, all right, along with those floppy, uh, floppy-hatted floppy guys, all right? That's what it was all about. And look at graffiti on the wall. 
Out of all of all pictures of people going to the bathroom, this is number two. <laughs> and the, ours is really good too. You put a crack in the thing, very nice. And it's Lemmy from Murderhead. Okay, Lemmy from and Murderhead. The Undertaker. Right there. But it's a beautiful thing, ladies' home urinal. That's what I called it. Okay, and uh, it's a beautiful thing, and it's just to show that uh, you know everything that's going on with the gender, uh, uh, you know, fights and everything. It's uh, it's been here since the '60s, the '50s. Okay. That will be available on John Cancel's Antique Roadshow. It's uh, auction price is going for uh, over three dollars. Uh, check it out. But for, well, that's very interesting. And then, uh, and then this one. What's this one? Okay, this this one. I don't know if anybody really. That kind of stinks, doesn't it? Is that a skunk? Yeah. Uh, okay. Is that a black and white photo? Yeah. Is that a black and white? What, what is that? Uh, it, it, it's a skunk. <laughs> it's a brown skunk? It's what you see before he, he lets that uh, fragrance. Oh. Okay. You know that fragrance. You smell like it every night. Oh, and look, that's from a, a, a hotel at in Wildwood, New Jersey, 1963. Oh, this makes sense. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, very nice. And we have the little statue here. She has her uh, yeah, thing I, broken I, off the top of her head here. I don't know where that came from. Wait, that came, wait, I you know, think that was a lamp no, at one time. No, it's what, I'm thinking that. I thought it was one of those uh, liquor bottles. But no, I do look at it. It has a hole yeah. in the bottom. And it, 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 this was a part of a lamp. Okay, very yeah. nice. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, but that's the kind of things that I uh, I, uh, I like to gather, okay? I am, uh, what do you call a pack rat of culture? That's what I uh, I enjoy, you know, magazines, books, uh, uh, lunch boxes, toys, you know, things Fred like that. Fred Sanford. Movie memorabilia. Oh, I love those movies. Oh, yeah, who doesn't? And, uh... Wait, uh, what, what did I want to ask you this week? So, oh, now, uh, we love movies. We love action movies. We love uh, animal movies. And how about those horror movies? I like horror a, a, a good horror movie. Uh, it, it was so bloody, it was rated O positive. <laughs> That's how bloody that was. <clears throat> I saw that on my plasma screen TV. Uh, uh, Wait, oh, uh, but we're talking about um, horror movies, and there's, there's a new movie out called uh, Cocaine Bear, about a grizzly bear that ingests cocaine from a, a drug dealer, drops out of a plane to escape authorities, and the bear goes on a cocaine drug rampage. But on the way down there, we were talking about that. It's neat when... You, well, see, uh, you see, honest to God, you know, I, it, it wasn't a writing on the wall. You know, look at, uh, look at Pooh, okay? Yes. Uh, look at Pooh Bear, and wasn't he addicted to honey? Yes, he was. Okay, and that's just a gateway drug for those bears. And his friend was? Okay, and his friend was, no, that's, uh, oh, Tigger. Yes. Right? Oh, I better say that right. Yes. Tigger. Yes. Okay, and, uh, you know, and uh, how about the poor, uh, you know, the poor, uh, the, uh, Kellogg's Corn Flakes, okay, Frosted Flakes. Yes. Uh, oh, great. Okay. <laughs> well, so... We're, we and I were talking about the various uh, horror movies over the years about killer animals. I said the bear and uh -huh. Jaws, the shark and killer bees and killer giant ants and killer giant praying mantises. Well, somehow, as we're speaking, the famous Christmas song, All I Want for Christmas is a Hippopotamus. Uh, is that how it goes? Wait, wait. All well, I Want for Christmas. Wait, how's it go? <laughs> all I uh, It's a Christmas hippopotamus. Yeah, whatever it's okay. <laughs> But it is, uh, it is a... I want a hippopotamus actual, for Christmas. I want a hippopotamus <laughs> for Christmas. Okay. Now, that I, was sung by a little girl for a promotion for a zoo in the early 50s. Wow. And she had such a, like, a precious little girl's voice. I want a hip... And she didn't break... She stayed in character. Like, she sang her heart out in that song. Well, it became a famous Christmas song. That's it right there. Oh, uh, 
Oh, look at that. Oh, that was the idyllic 50s right there. Yeah, if you watch her sing, like, she sings her heart out. Like, she, like, she doesn't, like, like little bratty kids. The, 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 listen. I want a and she could, yes, yeah, little, little, she could sing, right? Oh, and uh, that's like one of those scary voices on kids, right? Well, she, she's well, like she's an adult, like you know. It reminds me of that movie, The Band. Lee. Yeah. Oh my God. And also, too, though, she's still alive. Uh, the girl who sings that. That's did she get a hippopotamus ever? Well, that's what we're getting. Yeah. Well, she, uh, once in a while, she'll come back out of retirement and sing that song, and it's like, ah, right. But when I start speaking about hippopotamuses, is this? Uh, and well, wait, where's the, the the tree you have right there? Uh, All right. That's, uh, that's that's a palm, okay? Oh, look. Ah, look, you can't see it. Turn sideways. Look, look, no, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. This is a, this is a, look, I'm a palm reader. They can't, they can't see it because oh. it's a green screen. Oh, <laughs> hold, no. hold the green in front of yourself. Oh, oh look, you I'm, can't see it. You can't I'm see it. Oh, a, my God, the green screen. You can't see it, but it's, 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 look, you can see I the shape of it. It's a green palm tree. <laughs> look, look, I'm holding a shillelagh or oh. a porno film, okay. uh, a sex device. Oh, all right. So, anyway... So we started talking about hippopotamuses, but that would have that palm tree in his lap on the way down. And I said, you know, uh, more people are killed every year by coconuts falling out of palm trees yep. than anything else, than like bees and shark attacks. And Wid said, hey, John, do you know what animal kills the most uh, people every year? And I said, what? And he said, the hippopotamus. That's right. And uh, Wid told me that when he was a kid, they are hungry, hungry hippos out yes, there. Uh, but Wid told me that. Oh, real quick, did you ever see the well, video I, to you know, of the hippopotamus attacking the boat? It's as big as a car. But so when I was a kid, Wid saw a, a hippo. I, not only did I see the hippo, see, I, uh, well, the last time I saw a hippo, I saw it at the Philadelphia Zoo and I met a, a nice girl there. You met a girl at the zoo? Yeah. Hey, and she's a keeper. Okay, no. no, but uh, when I was a when I was a young you know, Lord Fauntleroy, you know, toe-headed, uh, you know, little uh, crumb snatcher, uh, you know, I went uh, and I volunteered to help at a carnival uh, that was uh, connected to a circus, and the circus was uh, right next door. It was a little rinky-dink circus. They had, uh, you know, they had a dog. No, they. Uh, it was a little rinky-dink. Circus. It was like a two-ring circus. You know, it was. Um, you know, we were clowning around. My, my parents were circus clowns. Were they really your parents circus clowns? Y and can I tell you, those were some pretty big shoes to fill. Okay, no. Uh, but I, here I am, a little kid. I, I volunteer. I, I put the, help put together some, uh, one of the rides. Nobody touched me, don't worry. You went to Carney School. I, and, uh, yeah, I, and I was a Carney for a day. And uh, I went there, and uh, they let you into the circus for free when you helped out, you know, and gave you popcorn and stuff like that. But then uh, I remember I had a, uh, a Go Gunk T-shirt that was like a rip-off of, uh, 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 of Pixies or what those little things were. But I was a, a young kid, and uh, I'm sitting there, and they ask for a volunteer, and I volunteer. And all of a sudden, they say, well, you know, I had kids that I knew there. And they bring out a hippopotamus. And honest to God, they had me ride on the back of the hippopotamus and go around the entire circus, okay? The entire ring of the circus, waving. This is my first showbiz, okay? I'm sitting on that. But 
when I got home, my mother goes, what are those spots on, on your back? And I had a white T-shirt on. That's oh, a, man. That's a go-con. And it was hippopotamus sweat, okay? That Ugh. never came out of that shirt. Never, okay? And that's, you know, and now I learn that the hippopotamus, they put me on the most dangerous animal on the planet. We this were the, the only show that talks about hippopotamus sweat. <laughs> Yes, and that's, uh, I think it's a delicacy in China, parts of China over there. Imagine but the, detergent. <laughs> gets out but, blood. But the hippopotamus <laughs> song, I mean, uh, the hippopotamus song was covered by... Fastball pitcher Bob, Bob Gutierrez. It's available on YouTube somewhere. Very funny uh, character comedian. He sings that song. Very funny. And also, it was covered by... The Three Stooges. Oh, that's right. Uh, I, I was rated awful. Knucklehead. Yes. Mm. Uh, it was recu- yeah. it was recorded by these three stooges right okay. there, right? Also, too, people don't realize this, too. There's Lar- Larry in the middle right there. He's from Philadelphia. And Curly Joe Dorita. He's also, too, from Philadelphia. Wow. But they covered it on their 60s. 60s Christmas album and it's awful. It's awful. It's it's a terrible it's a terrible song when not sung by a little girl, you know. Yeah. It's just like the greatest love of all by Whitney Houston, you know, when uh, you ever do a talent contest and a little girl sings that, forget it. You're done. Pack pack up, go home. The greatest love of all is not to be sung by a, 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 a man, a, you know, by Robert Goulet. Oh, uh, you know a, a little quick aside for that song. Yeah. Um I met a guy in Northeast Philadelphia, uh-huh. and he said, hey, my neighbor next door, uh, he lives off his, mother, his mother-in-law's money or his stepmother's money. And I go, really? And he goes, yeah, she wrote some big song, right? I go, really? He goes, Is he from Philadelphia? And he said, yeah. And here, the lady he's talking about is Linda Creed Epstein. She passed away from cancer years ago. She was only like 36 or 38, but she wrote The Greatest Love of All, Rubber Band Man for the bands. Rubber Band Man, man, uh, that, that's a snappy yeah. tune. Oh my god, but it's very interesting though. But the greatest love of all. But you're right though too. Um, the first couple of seasons of uh, America's Got Talent and all those singing shows, you're you're you could be Pavarotti. You're dead if a little girl comes out and sings the greatest love of all. And Whitney Houston is actually buried in uh, up near me and near uh, in Scotch Plains in Galloping Hill. Okay. It used to be Galloping Hill in a Cemetery, the same one that John List. Oh, the guy from the, uh, the, the famous the, murderer? The famous murderer. He was from, uh, when we were kids, uh, and, and after he did that murder, the, the house was standing for a little while. Oh, yeah, so we would him. go there, and, uh, and kids that I know broke into the house because he was on a lamb for all those yeah. years. What was, you know, there's a, what, uh, what's the popular show on uh, Netflix now about that? Uh, the Watcher. The Watcher. And it's based you know on what? a story. That's, that's in Westfield, New Jersey. Yeah. That's in this almost the same town. Okay. Uh, it's and actually, it's, a, it's, it's interesting. I know we're going to, this just shows like a pinball machine. The topics are bouncing around all over the place. This guy's talking about John List. Uh, I think he murdered his family, like a big family. Yeah. And he left the lights on at their biggest state up in, up in Jersey, and he disappeared. He called in uh, to the school and explained, oh, we're going away. Yeah. And, and he, it, he did all sorts of uh, uh, covering his tracks for uh, a long time. And, and he, he set all the buys up on the floor of the house, and, and, and neighbors didn't think anything was 
was wrong, except like the lights were on constantly. That's what it was. And uh, then they noticed. And anyway, but they caught the guy years later. Yeah. Now, on, and you think he's one of the first guys to ever be apprehended on. America's Got, most wanted. America's most wanted with uh, Lynch or what? Uh, uh, Walsh. 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 Um, but uh, with uh, John uh, List, he uh, they thought he was D.W. Cooper for a little while. They thought that he was that because it was around the same time that he ran away. And the description of uh, D.W. Cooper, the guy who uh, hijacked the first plane, and uh, it parachuted out, and uh, they think that it might have been uh, Lisp, but uh, you know they've since proved that it, uh, that it's not him. And yeah. it, so, it is so funny that uh, you know that in this uh, in in this world that uh, you know that they can actually catch a guy on TV. It's like yeah. 1984. You know, it's people were really looking for this guy, and he was one of the first guys caught on the show. I think he was the first major criminal apprehended um now uh he was on the land for like 10 years today is the 10th of the month okay, okay right december 10th and i want to ask wid a question because wid was involved in the music scene up in the new york area on this date 1974 cbgb's opened mm -hmm. the nightclub that started the remote every major band like the new wave bands talking heads the police uh the abadaba honeymooners all the major bands wait wait up john the abadaba honeymooners yeah they were no that was uh, that was debbie reynolds uh, please 1952 or something what abadaba. whatever no, they, she but, wasn't punk. Debbie wasn't punk. Her daughter was pretty punk, but uh, did, she was not. Where, did you ever go to CBGB's when it was a, a rock and roll club? Not only did I go to CBGB's, I sang at CBGB's. I really? sang Secret Agent Man, okay, and Good Lovin'. Okay, those were the two uh, uh, Johnny songs. Rivers and the Rascals. The Johnny Rivers and the Rascals. We went as uh, from the power station, and uh, somebody made a bet, David Sanborn, or somebody made a bet that Tony Bon Jovi couldn't play a gig at CBGB's. Now, Tony Bon Jovi is the founder of Power Station Studios in New York, which was the number one recording studio in the world. Everybody from Bruce Springsteen, John Lennon, uh, Bob Dylan, uh, uh, Eric Clapton, uh, all, the, all the bands were there. Yes. Isn't there like a rock and roll outfit today? A bunch of fellas with the name Bon Jovi? Oh, yes. They, they, they were... Uh, they. John Bon Jovi actually worked at the power station for a little while, and then he went with another uh, a producer. Somebody got him, and uh, they and they because uh, Tony, my friend Tony, he uh, produced uh, you know the first three albums, okay, up till Slippery When Wet, okay, and uh, and the rest of it uh, went over to uh, another producer who, uh, you know, who who John Jump Camp, okay. So, so but so he gave nepotism a bad name, but. Uh, so at CBGB's, uh, we put together this little band, okay, and uh, did uh, all Motown and 60s stuff at CBGB's, and it was uh, a great experience, but uh, I wasn't really into punk rock. Uh, I like the Ramones and uh, you know and uh, uh, the Talking Heads. Did, did but, you uh, meet the meet the Ramones? I I met the Ramones who were into uh, I, at the Cat Club 
uh, and uh, uh, there was uh, cocaine right on the tables and, uh, you know, loose women and, uh, you know, and, and those guys would, uh, you know, they talk in a mumble. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, they're freaking Ramones, you know. Yes. It's like talking to uh, 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 every one of them looked alike, you know. Right. They all had that same sort of, uh, uh, that, from behind you that. couldn't tell who they were. It's like the Rolling Stones. If you see the Rolling Stones uh, off the stage, they're all like the same size. They look like puppets. They're all little men. They are. The yeah. Little men. Yeah. Uh, that was my favorite book. No, um, but uh, to play CBGBs, to see the decadence that must have went on in, it was like uh, the green room. Right. Okay. It was like a pit. You went down into the green room and the entire thing was covered with not uh, uh, with graffiti and okay. bumper stickers and, uh, and not, not too much bumper uh, stickers i think just like, uh, like graffiti uh, you, you, yeah. you know what i mean and everybody signed their name and there was all different colors and everything and everything uh, where you sit but there was also the smell stale smell of beer uh, i can remember that that it was uh, that, that it was kind of stinky you know that's and, what I, that's what i recall i was a kid like 18 or 19 i, I went to new york and that was the place to visit yeah, and, uh, and CBGB's. And, it was right there in the Bowery. And, the and, Bowery. and it was a it was a dive. It was a, and that's what that was. I guess with the charmer uh, of it. But you're right. It's it. Uh, and the bathroom was the most horrible thing I've ever seen in my life. It was like a shrimp boat bathroom with uh, graffiti all over it and cigarette butts. You could smoke, and it smelled like. Did you ever go to a, a party where you could smoke in the in the eighties and seventies and stuff, and the cigarette smell and pastry, like just like like an old wedding. Like I don't know what it smells like. A, a, a coffee a coffee cup with cigarettes and alcohol in it, and it, ugh, awful. But you I, sang secret you, know, you know, in my drinking days, I drank a couple of those cups with the by accident. Butts. Oh yeah, <laughs> by accident, by, yeah, not, not on a dare, you know. And the only I, thing I ever did on a dare that I got rid uh, was drinking sake. Okay, somebody said when uh, I didn't know what sake was. You know, it's it's, it's Japanese yeah. rice wine. Uh, uh, you drink heated, and uh, I uh, I was drunk for two days. Oh, uh, you know, well, drinking that because uh, it's a different kind of uh, you know when it's warm it gets uh, it impervates you. But that, well, that's what I wanted to ask you because that was a center of. Of rock and roll and new wave music, uh, in the in the seventies, right? It, well, I didn't go for any of that stuff. I've been reading uh, Bud Friedman's book about the Improv, okay. which is a comedy club up in New York around that time. Uh, that had the you know that was rock and roll. This the Improv was where the uh, the, the cutting edge comics were coming from. Now uh, in the book here, though, I, I we talked I talked about it last week before, but uh, uh, I want to ask you about some people. Who a generation before you? Uh, how about Robert Klein? Did you ever meet or work with Robert Klein? Uh, down in uh, uh, down a Boca Raton, Boca Raton. Okay, that's in and Florida. Boca Raton means rat's mouth. Okay, if you look on the if you look on the uh, on the map, Boca Raton, it sits right and it looks like a rat's mouth. Okay, and so that's why they call you know. Over explanation, but there was a thing, uh, a place called the Black Box, okay, and it was down in Boca Raton, and it was uh, just turning into a comedy club. It's still, it's still around. It's still around, yeah, and uh, and. Uh, but I was there, uh, I think I, I was there for opening day, I, and Robert Klein was the next week, but uh, opening day, and just as uh, they got the big. Key lights out front and all this stuff, and you know, people are coming and everything. Boom, 
uh, one of the hurricanes that Florida is famous for, and uh, and boom, all the lights go out. So there was a, uh, the the owner of the club goes all around the club and his name, gathers. His, his name's Larry Blacklocks. No, he gathers mirrors. Okay, giant mirrors because he you know he was kind of a. a, a, a it's kind of a, a pack rat like he, myself. He, he and needed he time to reflect. These mirrors. So we took the mirrors and we set them up, uh, you, you know, mechanically, um, mathematically. So we put the lights on on somebody's truck that oh. went into one mirror, then went into another oh, mirror, and then went on to the stage. Yes. And then when we, uh, instead of a, uh, and it worked, okay? Because right. uh, you had the, the, the spotlight on the stage um, from all the mirrors, I, and then you just had to go real loud when you were telling your jokes. I could see uh, myself in a mirror. So, uh, that's no reflection on you. But the, uh, you're not a vampire, that means. Uh, also, uh, Robert Klein. So we stayed around to watch Robert Klein the next week, and he was uh, he was funny, and uh, you know he was very inventive, and uh, always uh, liked him, and he had a great album. When uh, before you know uh, podcasts or before you know he never really had a TV show. He had a couple movies, but uh, Robert Klein uh, was uh, very nice to us, and he watched. Uh, there was a comedian who was called uh, Dennis Ross. God bless us all. Uh, Dennis Ross, very funny comedian. And he was, uh, he was managing comics at this time, okay? And Dennis Ross, uh, it, he uh, didn't pay a comic, and he got on to that, uh, oh, that judge, TV show. To People's Court with Judge the Wapner. People's Court with Judge Wapner. And it just happened to be on when Robert Klein was there and they watched this uh, whole proceedings because they didn't pay a comic because the comic wasn't funny. And Robert Klein just, uh, after all that, goes, you guys are bums. You should have paid them. <laughs> you know? And, you know, because of course he would say that. He was, uh, you know, a liberal-minded guy. But he was, uh, you, know, you know, he was nice. And uh, uh, you can tell that he was, uh, he, you know. He, he was like three or four generations before my falling yeah, in love with comedy. Uh, you know, but he recorded the first uh, HBO comedy comedian special and okay. i think he recorded in the in the area in in, in the pennsylvania some college radner or so widener he recorded the, anyway but a very smart and intelligent comedian and he's the one who inspired uh jay leno and jerry seinfeld and uh uh justin bieber justin bieber and uh but uh, i always thought it very interesting but uh now another guy from that area who's from the area too Wow. David Brenner. Did you ever meet David Brenner? Yeah, yeah I, I, I opened for David Brenner on Penn's Landing. Okay. Right. And uh, David Brenner was, uh, yeah, of course, he was always funny. He was, when I was uh, growing up and watching comedians on uh, uh, Johnny Carson, because Johnny Carson would, uh, you know, always back the comedians, I think I laughed harder at the surreal sort of stuff that David Brenner said than, uh, you know, up until that time, and then you know, of course, Rodney came along, and uh, uh, you, know, you know, and they because they, they, they talk about David Brenner in the book here. Uh, he talked about himself. Oh, he was real. He was know, real South Philly. I mean, he, he named everything uh, about know, soft, uh, soft pretzels and yeah, soft pretzels and, and things like and, that. And he talked about, and he was good friends uh, with another Philadelphia comedian. Okay, J.J. Walker. Okay, oh, really? J.J. is from Philly. Yeah. Is he really? Oh, that's neat. He uh, there were, I know they were good friends. Dynamite. Yeah, Fred, Freddie Prince and stuff. But it's uh, neat. David Brenner, uh, 
He was older too when he started doing comedy. He was he a, was older. At one time, he was a, uh, a documentary or uh, he yeah, was right. a, you know producer. He was a producer of documentaries, and uh, you know which is showbiz. You know, so it, it's well. But he was uh, his timing and his uh, you know especially in the beginning. You know, there's. There's comics who make it in the beginning, uh, oh, you yeah. know, and don't have longevity. You know, they're they're they wear out. But he, he was a Philadelphia guy, and he he made a lot of appearances on a Philadelphia institution. Mr. Mike Douglas, if you please. Yes, uh, that's what it says here in the book too. The comics before they went on Carson or the other shows. Uh, they went down to Philadelphia to be on the Mike Douglas show. He was a, he was a late uh, afternoon talk show host. Uh, he was on for years. And uh, that's also, too, where, uh, as a kid, I saw Mo from the Three Stooges. Oh, at Mike Douglas? Yeah, as a kid. I can remember him being on there. And Mike Douglas said he came to work every day with a sandwich in a bag and stuff like that. And, 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 and uh, when I was a real little kid, I'm not that old. But uh, a little kid in, in Philadelphia at JFK Stadium where they had Live Aid. They used to have a thing called the Philadelphia Thrill Show. Yeah. It was police officers. by the cops. Yeah. And uh, I was like a real little kid, like four or five. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mo had all gray hair. And uh, he came out. He was the MC. Uh, but uh, and he was wearing like a tuxedo, and uh, but it was very neat seeing them. But uh, in Philadelphia, uh, in fact, one of the most famous comedy clubs in Philadelphia was uh, David Brenner's Laugh House. It was David Brenner's Laugh House after uh, it started the, the, on South Street. Okay, it started out as the world famous uh, Catch a Rising Star. And it was built to those, uh, you know, it was uh, kind of lush, you know, for, for the time. And that was probably in the, uh, in the 90s sometime. Yeah. And then it turned into a funny bone. Right. Okay. And then it changed to the Laugh House, but spelled L-A-U-G-H right. House. And then David Brenner came and he wanted to be a part of it. And uh, he, uh, you know, and, you know, why not use his name? So it became the David Brenner Laugh House. Well, that didn't last too long, okay? And then it became the world-famous Laugh House. Which that was the... Uh, Black the Ur- Comedy Club. Uh, Ur- urban, urban Comedy Club. Urban Center of the uh, 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 most hilarious and, guys I've ever seen. You know what's interesting, too, is uh, Kevin Hart started there, a bunch of other guys, but a bunch of non-urban comics, like... Big Jay Ogerson, Mike Vecchione, Kurt Metzger, uh, uh, who else? Uh, uh, they, they all started there. Richie became, Redding. Richie Redding. They all became very prominent up in New York. Joe DeRosa. Joe DeRosa. I uh, mean, these guys are uh, out making, uh, you know, movies and TV shows and things. But they all humbly started at the uh, Laugh House on a Wednesday night. Uh, and, uh, you know, and that was the only game in town for a long time. And Wid worked there for years running the open mic nights. Yeah, I was, and, the, uh, and I was I, the voice of reason for and, a lot of things. I and, would tell people, you know, because it was, it was a rough club in the beginning. Oh. And uh, a lot of people from North Philly and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, uh, different. So I would have to say, leave your gats at home. Oh, my God. He, don't bring your guns here. Bring a pen. And then we'll, we'll we'll write your your things down. I, 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 it, it, it's kind of the basics that I, I was like a sergeant, and uh, you know guys like Two Ray and and uh, Sugar Bear, they taught the Frosted uh, Flake. They, they taught the thing. I just you know tried to <laughs> I, be a sergeant. I was there. I used to go down because it was a different night of the week than the other Mike nights. Hey, could you want to get as much stage time as possible? And didn't you want to get on Mike Douglas? <laughs> 
Mike Douglas. <laughs> I was experimenting. Now, uh, I heard it from the guy. Who's the little uh, uh, guy who was in Phantom of the... Uh, Paul Williams. Paul Williams. Now, Paul Williams talks about being on the Mike Douglas show in Philadelphia. And he goes, everybody wanted to be the host of that show. Because in Philadelphia, you got the greatest cocaine in the world, okay? That's what he said. Back in, back in the 70s, you got the greatest cocaine in the world. So guys, you know, guys who uh, like to do it, uh, you, oh. you know, would, would uh, volunteer to do it for nothing, you know? So maybe I'm, that's why John Lennon was on it. I'm almost sure. I know John Lennon hosted. He used to come down from New York, from the Dakota, and stay uh-huh. in Philly for a weekend hosted. I'm almost sure if we can, maybe we'll play a clip later on of uh, there's a, the famous... John Lennon was asked, any musical acts you want on the show? Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, can we get Chuck Berry, my idol, right? But the thing was, Chuck Berry comes out, and John Lennon had Yoko Ono sing with him. And I think they did Memphis, Tennessee, which is a great song, right? Right. Great, de- great, uh, great song. Yeah, that's and him. and, 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 and Johnny, Johnny Rivers, who he sang Secret Agent Man, sang this. Will you watch this video? Chuck Berry's playing at a slower tempo. You know, long distance information. Give me a Memphis ten, and John Lennon singing it for no reason at all. Uh, Yoko Ono standing ten feet, <laughs> and you see Chuck Scary. Berry look over like, "What the hell?" Is and she did that the the entire song. It's a famous video. You can find it on YouTube. Yoko Ono Chuck and Chuck Berry looks gives her the. If there was ever a look of total surprise, disgust, and just uh, scared at the same time, look at Chuck Berry's uh, face. And Chuck Berry was through a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, you know, not, you know, he was a tough guy. Yeah, and he, and, he, he, and he got locked up for taking pictures of women going to their bathroom in his restaurant in St. Louis. And, yeah, well, and taking minors over the state yes, lines yes. for immoral purposes. Yes. But, uh, uh, but that was the Mike Douglas show that you just, you just but, asked about. Yeah, but, but, but that's, I always thought that was interesting why, uh, you know, people would uh, actually, you know, uh, you know, he would get giant stars on there, you know. Oh, my God, there's just a place to be, to be, be because also, too, um, a lot of stars in the 60s and 50s, right? well, their career waned in the 70s uh, but so what it was, they would Wayne, tour. Wayne, go away. Yes, they would tour doing dinner theaters, mm-hmm. and in Philadelphia there was two dinner theaters: the Riverside Theater on on the Delaware River, and the one up in New Hub called the uh, Bucks County Community Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Every star that you remember from the from the '60s sitcoms, Gilligan and Hogan's Heroes, all did a crappy play. And they would perform. Well, they would do the play at night, but they would be on the Mike Douglas show during the day. So it just perpetuated their careers a little bit longer. But, all right, speaking of Philadelphia, okay. Right, buddy. Philadelphia has one of the most unique New Year's Eve celebrations called the Mummers Parade, New Year's Day celebration, <laughs> called the Mummers Celebration. It started out a couple, like over 100 and something years ago, but it was a celebration to uh, wear colorful clothes and light up fireworks to uh, chase away the bad demons that haunt you and start the new year fresh. And so we know there's demons in Philadelphia. Yeah. So, but in the, in the early part, it was this guy said wearing colorful clothes and playing music and just having a celebration, and the celebration would chase the bad feelings away, and, and well, it became a big event. Well, Wid and I were discussing New Year's Eve around the world. Wid has some, and I have some. Wid will read some, and then I will read some celebrations. Is that okay with you? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, I, New Year's Eve has always been sort of melancholy to me, okay? Yes. Because, I, you know, it's uh, I'm usually working, okay, at a club, 
where you don't, you know, maybe you know the other two comedians, but, the, you know, you don't really, you can't really relax, you know, and most people are there with somebody that they can kiss at 12 o'clock, you know. And what did you do? When we were growing up, we had a tradition that we would go out at 12 o'clock as kids and we would take every pot and pan that we could find in the uh, pantry and we would go out and at 12 o'clock we would beat them together like this, you know, in, in you know, god-awful racket. And the street was covered with roast beef and- no, soup. no, that, that's the uh, that's the crock pot you uh, bought at the uh, flea market oh, that yeah. still had roast beef in it. <laughs> but, now, but that's how you would celebrate it. But yeah, didn't uh, did you do anything like that? Uh, the same did thing. You shoot off guns or uh, open up? Uh, uh, know, no, I, 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 I would uh, I would do same thing with pots and pans, and I would get MAs and uh, you know get thrown down the street. Uh, bottle MAs? rockets. At, uh, uh, what do you call the uh, the firecracker spun around real j- jumping jacks? Oh, those are cool. That was very fun. And uh, there, there's a great Gene Shepard story about that. About the uh, it's called uh, I don't know it's called the Dago bomb, okay? And uh, he, because the Italian guys across the street made this giant bomb and it, and it uh, is, instead of going up, it went across the street and started <laughs> a big fire. And Gene Shepard is the guy who wrote the uh, Christmas story. So you should uh, read some of that. That was uh, his 4th of July story. Yes. They made a movie out of it too. They actually made, they made yeah. there's a sequel to. And they used the uh, D word. I'm yeah. sorry about yeah. that. Any of my Italian American people. Friends. People don't realize that too. I'm sorry going all those things. They made a sequel to a Christmas story called a, 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 a Summer Story, but the same family, but it has that incident in. But New Year's Eve stories around, New Year's Eve traditions around the world with legendary wind. We'll read one and I'll tell you ones I found. I love New Year's Eve in uh, one way that, uh, it, you know, it's not a religious holiday. It's not a holiday that, uh, you, you know, that is mourning something. It's a, a, a holiday filled with hope. That's why I've always been sort of melancholy. But we all know where Cambodia is, okay? Cambodia is uh, right a, next to Vietnam, okay? Yes. It's un- but the people uh, in Cambodia, people roam the streets with squirt guns filled of tinted water, red, pink, or yellow, in search of friends to anoint with a colorful future. So they shoot you with, uh, you know, with a, a food dye, and uh, you're supposed to have a colorful f- future. I think that the uh, LBGT, they should pick up on that. I think oh, that, uh, uh, you know, the colors of the... I, uh, I have one for you. Okay. In Clarence, Idaho. Cla- oh, beautiful. Uh, uh, on, near, on New Year's Eve, they burn an effigy of microwave popcorn magnet Earl Redenbacher. <laughs> Really? So, uh, oh. The internet doesn't lie. Oh, Brosif. I, I guess that's pop culture. Okay, I saw it. <coughs> In Wales, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, you ladies out there, you like whales? Women love whales. Oh, well, we can hunt back at my place. No, that's, I'm sorry. In Wales, young men soak evergreen branches, symbols of good luck, in water and use them to sprinkle their friends and relatives' homes. That's same oh, sounds, you know. Oh, I have one. They, they take a bow. In Levittown, Pennsylvania. Oh, it's a beautiful Levittown, Pennsylvania. Yeah. At midnight, a giant tooth drops out of the dollar store <laughs> roof and it re- rains restraining orders and they get hand out VHS copies of Mama's Family to all the kids. Is it really do that? And then let me, and if I'm been, lying, I'm buying. I've been going to the Mummer's Day Parade for yeah. all these years. I could have seen the tooth. And you didn't tell me about that? You hurt my feelings. 
in Puerto Rico, celebrants toss full uh, pans full of water on their windows in belief that they are also tossing out evil spirits. So it is sort of very a, similar. Yeah, it's sort of similar to uh, us getting rid of it by feathers, uh, oh, yeah. glitter, and uh, and banjos. Yeah. Banjos will get anybody out of there. Oh my! Uh, well, it's funny uh, in McGonagall, Nebraska, small <laughs> town. <laughs> Uh, they celebrate the coming of the new year by sacrificing farm animals in a blood feast in order to, to honor their pagan god, French Stewart. <laughs> French Stewart is a pagan god? To those weirdos he is. He must, have, he must know somebody. Yes. In Vietnam, New Year's Eve is celebrated with the planting of a tree in the family garden. Isn't that nice? The tree is decorated with red streamers and lots of bells in an effort to ward off evil spirits. Oh. All right. And These well, evil spirits are, are, are getting the... Uh, that's what it is. It's, it's a renewal, a, a rebirth of the year. Um, in Stretch Marks, Australia, <laughs> they celebrate the New Year's Eve by the Feast of the Circumcision of the Koalas. I'm, John, if you just keep this, I'm going to have a koala with you. <laughs> You're overqualified. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, people in Cuba and Mexico eat 12 grapes at midnight to ensure 12 happy months. Okay? And you see, that's, that's, that's nice. That's, that's positive. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our Mexican-Cuban friends, they, they look at a glass of water and see H2O. Oh, here's, uh, in Bad Choppers, Britain, they celebrate Christmas New Year's Eve by having the world's largest meat pie eating contest with side orders of blood pudding, sheep's brains, and yak intestines stuffed with chocolate. <laughs> it was Brits. What was the name of the town? Bad Choppers, Britain. <laughs> it looks like everybody there when they smile, they're playing our harmonica. And I felt that I was, I was going to hurt your feelings. Oh. Okay. The whole town oh, looks like they're eating a Zagnut bar. This is so funny. They could eat a, a, a candy bar through a picket fence. Hey. On New Year's Day in Germany, people tell fortunes by dropping molten lead into cold water. The lead takes a shape, and each shape represents something different. A heart or a circle indicates impending wedding. A ship means a journey, and a pig stifles uh, for plenty of food. Oh, very nice. Okay, so they... <laughs> Is that the sickest thing you ever heard? They melt down lead, okay, and throw it into cold water. Isn't that like... It hurts your fillings. And I'm, I'm sure people get the, a lot of poison in from that. Very, very oh, well, you know, not everything's a, a celebration, like a, you know, a, a renewal like that. Uh, on New Year's Eve, um, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, on New Year's Eve, uh, well, on New Year's Eve, and, and they had a celebration New Year's Eve in Hawaii, uh, uh, they have a... Uh, uh, the annual checking of the hernias. And then the natives of this island, uh, they paint parakeets yellow and salmis canaries. They paint the, the canary. They paint parakeets yellow and salmis canaries. In Japan, many New Year's Eve parties are festooned with paper lobster decorations. Paper lobsters, these are symbols of longevity because the crustacean's curved back resembles a hundred-year-old elderly person. Boing. 
Um, they, they do that because uh, they're making fun of the old people. Well, here, they have hunchbacks and stuff like that. Well, t- well, today in Philadelphia, there's, there's a big uh, sporting event, but uh, in Sarasota, Florida, yeah, on New Year's Day, they sell their version. They celebrate their version of the Army Navy game. Uh, that, that was uh, right down the street from me today. Yeah, which is the, uh, well, it's the, uh, <laughs> it's the, their version is the. Uh, <laughs> United States Coast Guard versus the Epcot hot dog vendors. Now, I, I'm kind of insulted. You know, my sister, she went out with a guy in the Army. Yes. And she went out with a guy in the Navy. But she was rotten to the core. <clears throat> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm, I have a military figure still. My, what's that mean, military figure? It's all going to the front. <laughs> uh. My uh, my dad used to sell hot, uh, hot dogs. Really? Yeah, he, he, he used to have a lot of little brats around the house. And <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, that's how they celebrate around the world on New Year's Eve. So, uh, my only advice is get rid of those evil spirits. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this episode. Check out Cancel Culture on all formats. Legendary Wid, what's going on with you? I'm going to check out John Kensel's Kensel Culture on all formats. December 23rd at the World Cafe Live in Philadelphia. Check out WID doing, is it a burlesque Christmas show? Burlesque Christmas show with uh, the fabulous Drew Nugent. Very cool. Check it out. Also, on January 8th at the Punchline, right there, we're going to have a comedy works, the famous comedy works that started at 126 Chestnut above the Middle East restaurant. That is now defunct, but will always be in everybody's memory. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, on January 8th at the Punchline Philadelphia. Thank you.